Everyone older than me is old. Men age better than women. Guess what, Dad? I'm paying the bills, and you're gonna get over it. <laughs> Respect your elders, because God said so. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we talking about today? Old folks. Old folks! Is that a term of endearment? It can be. What is an old folk? <laughs> a folk who is old. <laughs> is this an old folk? <laughs> Okay. So, the elderly. Yes. Okay. That would be the more clinical term to use, perhaps. No, I'm pretty sure the clinical term is old folk. <laughs> it's, in, it's called the old folks home, okay? <laughs> so, what about them? What they about... They sure are old. They um, sure are old. <laughs> what does it even mean to be old? Well, that's the fun part. Old is a relative term. Old compared to what? I mean, I have old relatives, but I don't... Right. Relatively. Sorry, I'll stop. Um, okay, so how old is old to you right now in this moment in time? Right, because that, that's another thing. Right, the, the the age that people call old changes as people become older. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone older than me is old. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it be. I also feel like it depends on in what context you're referencing the elderly, too. Yes. Um, I have found myself, as I have aged, to, in certain situations, say, Ah, oh, well, you see, I'm old, so I know about this. Yes, we often associate wisdom with the elderly. Like, old and wise seems like a redundant term. But why is that? What is wisdom, then? Wisdom is sort of the accumulation of knowledge over a long period of time. Kinda. Kinda, yeah. I, okay, so this is a weird analogy, but I think it makes a lot of sense. So role-playing games, like tabletop role-playing games, try their best to gloss over much of reality because there's a lot of things about life that are fairly mundane that do not make for a fun game. But we do have things that represent things in reality. So I'm thinking of like the popular... Uh, tabletop role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons, for example, kind of has it's it's not it's maybe set the like standard. So every character in has the six attributes, and of and the six attributes are typically something like your strength and your dexterity, which are not the same. One being like how physically strong you are, and the other being like how um, quick-handed you are. Mm -hmm. You are, you know, um, right? Like precision mm -hmm. with your hands right then there is your wisdom and intelligence uh they're not right, the same which are not the same thing right um and those are the and then there's your constitution and your charisma which is like the odd pair yeah because most of these are kind of paired up but right these... strength and dexterity are manual skills right mm -hmm. and then uh wisdom and intellect are are related mm-hmm yeah, they're both related to intelligence. But, yeah. Constitution, which is like... Your health. Right, yeah. Your ability to stay alive. Yeah. Um, or, like, to, to withstand injury, I should say. Yeah. Your ability to, to sustain injury and charisma, how much people like you. Yeah, are the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
arguably these are like the social and non-social side of survival. You mm-hmm. could see it that way, I guess. Um, but anyway, the one that we're talking about is wisdom. So what is wisdom? The way, the way it's kind of described and the way I understand it to be in, in implementations of games uh, is that intelligence is the rate at which you learn things. So how much you could, how much knowledge you could accumulate in a given period of time. Right. Yeah. Intelligence is your ability to come to understand things. Right. And your wisdom is how much you understand. How much total. Yeah. It's it's the aggregate. Um, And I think we've even used this analogy before. Um, Another good YouTube channel, Tearzoo, uses a similar stat system when describing, it's not the same, but somewhat similar uh, to describe animals and nature. And his way of describing the octopus is... And octopuses, octipodes are incredibly intelligent. They're they're very intelligent, but they're not wise because they don't live very long. Exactly. So even though they can learn a lot of things, they don't... They'll die before it really matters. Yeah. And they're able to actually benefit from all that knowledge. So humans, however, are not so short-lived. No. And neither is the animal, I think... Well, one of the animals most associated with wisdom, not the owl, but the... Elephant. Elephant, yes. Elephants are not that intelligent, but they live, but they for, live a, for a long time. A long time, that's right. And so, odds are, I think, you know, if you're looking at someone as being wise, being old is not a guarantee that you're wise, nor do you necessarily have to be old to accumulate a lot of wisdom. But in general, if you're saying everyone kind of falls, if there's a, right. you know... Yeah, if wisdom is how much knowledge you have, well, it takes time to acquire knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um and just yeah through the natural course of your life you're going to keep learning new things as you get older so old people are predisposed to being wise just because they've been exposed to more things right yeah and and also when you say it like that it's like oh is this person wise or not it's wisdom is not relative necessarily Mm -hmm. to yourself it's kind of this arbitrary barrier also just like intelligence um wisdom can be domain specific as well true an engineer will have lots of domain specific wisdom about their field right that isn't applicable to things not related to that right but i think typically when we're talking about wisdom we're talking about general life skill wisdom Mm -hmm. you know um and that is usually i would say like common sense wisdom and like social wisdom you know yeah like when you hear someone say something I forget the name of it, but there is a speech pattern that allows you to sound wise. Oh, yes, I remember now. You know, it's like, to understand something, you must first pay attention. But to pay attention, truly, you must understand it. Like, that speech pattern of taking just the same statement and flipping it, mm-hmm. um, that, that's like some made-up life lesson stuff. Right. Right. That's a woo woo. Woo woo. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But that's usually what gets called wisdom. Right. No, right. that is faux wisdom, which we are not about on this show. No, that is our sister <laughs> channel. Check them out. Faux wisdom. <laughs> um, or Thank you for subscribing <laughs> to Cat Facts. Um, Cat Facts. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say you're, you know, 
the elderly are predisposed to being wise, especially if we're setting this as like an arbitrary boundary where it's like, okay, once you've accumulated this amount of experience points, which are again, also arbitrary, you're considered to be wise. It, by breathing as a human being and having an IQ that is not sync, not double digits, well, even if you have one that's double digits, really. Yeah. High double digits, yes. Yeah, high double digits. By the time you are graying and look old to most people, you will probably have accumulated enough experience to cross that wisdom threshold. Right, I mean, yeah, it's like... It, yeah, it's just a stats game, right? Like, if you, if any, if for any given day you have so and so a chance of experiencing something, well, the more days you live, the more so and so percent chance chances you have had, so it becomes more likely that you have experienced the thing, and so then over the course of decades of your life, you will have experienced most of the things to be experienced, right? Especially those relevant to everyday life, anyway. Like, mm-hmm. you'll probably never experience going to the moon, but that's not applicable to everyday life. So right. it's not required for wisdom for you to be considered wise. Quick, uh, one, one quick tangent about this. I know a lot of young people that, I think this is a thing particularly amongst younger people. They want to travel the world mm-hmm. to gain wisdom, to be, to be well-traveled, which is like the young person version of being wise. Yes. Um, which essentially... Again, this is just totally a tangent. I don't know that that helps at all, really. Like when it talks about I think applicability, it's an excuse, yeah. yeah, I think it's totally an excuse. I think there, yeah, there, there are positive things to being well traveled, and there is wisdom to be gained from it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, young people who want to go travel the world probably aren't actually going to seek out the things that would make them wise for doing that. No. They just want to see stuff. I want to go look at a mountain and say, yeah, I feel wise. Like, I've seen Mount Fuji I've, before. I've seen a cool mountain before, or I've seen the ancient ruins of whatever. But it's like, okay, but did you actually, like, talk to the people there and see what they're like and why they're different? Because that's the real wisdom to be gained, right? right? Is how are the people around the world different from me and what can I learn from them? Yeah, what things did they do really well that we don't do very well here and why do they do it well? And what things did we do better than them back home? Yeah, what, what parts of their knowledge is outdated and which parts are are actually better than what we've got right and then bringing it home and applying that's how you gain wisdom from being well-traveled but yeah i don't think that young people traveling the world are doing that they're just trying to see stuff it's vacationing yeah you can't i don't think vacationing you're you're in a place long enough to actually pay attention and right you're probably not actually meeting any of the locals right no you're dealing with a few of them and that's it and the ones you're dealing with are most likely used to tourists and they've changed to be more accommodating to tourists yes um and also you're probably wanting to have some fun while you're there well you know if if i could if i could ask you like do you want to go live amongst you know people in an african village in ghana for a month um and live the way they live or do you want to go see you know paris and the eiffel tower for a weekend you you'd probably pick the eiffel tower for the weekend it's certainly gonna be more comfortable to do that oh yeah a lot more fun um but you're not gonna glean a whole lot There's gonna about... be good food there you know all kinds of things people like on a vacation. All of the few things that are good about France, yeah. So, old people. <laughs> uh, what about them? Like, what did, what did you want to talk about when it comes to elderly? Just about gnarly concept, the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> they do look gnarly sometimes. Um, sometimes. You know, actually, real quick, that's an interesting tangent, too. Um, okay. My wife and I were talking about this. Men age better than women. Right. In general. 
or at least the perception of them as they that age is, is the different. perception in our society yes yes um and because but i think that's just because women are more tolerant of ugly men than men are of ugly women maybe <laughs> we, we should be less tolerant of ugly men i agree <laughs> Um, not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, okay, so good example, right? Okay, how many times have you heard the phrase, oh, I, I distinctly remember one time uh, my cousin getting like hit in the face really hard by some piece of machinery we were working with and it left a huge gash across his face. Okay. And I remember my uncle at the time saying in order to make him feel better, oh, that's okay, that'll scar over real nice, the ladies will dig it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even though it's ugly, right? Yeah. But it's cool. But it's cool. It is cool. Um, similar thing too, like when men gray and like, like there's something about this, the steely gray man that's like a, right, the symbol of maturity. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. The dad bod, if you will. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a it's weird. It's the look th- of somebody who finally has money. That's what it yeah, is. Finally has money. <laughs> Yeah, his bank account has a comma in it, <laughs> at least one. Amazing, so wise, <laughs> wise. <laughs> um. Anyway, that, that tangent was a fluke. Let's return back to the thread. Um, back, back to the main thread, the elderly. Yeah, it's it's an interesting position that the elderly are in. Mm-hmm. Um, because they 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 have done well to get. Where they are, right? Well, usually, hopefully, depends on what society you're living in, right? As to as to how difficult it is to to make it to old age, but usually, um, and yet, as they are getting older, um, they're becoming less useful to society. Also, at least in the conventional way, right? Like they're not able to really work anymore after a certain point, mm-hmm. or or at least not able to work as much, right? Um, even if they still want to. But yeah, they're still valued for their wisdom in most societies. Right. Not all, though. Not all. Some some societies abandon the elderly, uh, which today we would see as uh, absolutely disgusting and, and horrifying. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Go on. <laughs> um, but that's... It's... Uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting to think about how... The perception of the elderly changes not only across societies but also across time. Yeah, um, because you know th- there was a time where it was it was too costly to continue taking care of the elderly, mm-hmm. and indeed it is still this still is the way of life for s- some remote people, right? Um, but it's not common anymore. But even still, and, and and I think the societies where you first started seeing people really get to grow to old age and still be cared for are ones where, and I feel like this had to have been like a scheme at some point that ended up working out of the elderly, like incorporating themselves into the religion. Yeah. Say like, it's important that you keep me alive for reasons. Respect your elders <laughs> because God said so. Because God said so. And then people figured out that old people are actually kind of good to have around sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's go back to that pin I left. So, this is, might be a tangent. Uh, the, abandoning the elderly. So, what does it mean? I know what you mean, 
when you say that now, have that you finished. Um, you mean like, well, actually leaving them to die. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I guess you're going to starve because you don't know how to go get food for your, or you're just incapable of getting food right, for Right, yeah, now. your body is too weak to actually take care of yourself now. Yeah, we're just going to let you starve to death because we're hungry well, too. Yeah, know? we're hungry and we can't get enough food to feed you also. You're you're not helping us. Right. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> right. <clears throat> now, one of the ways that I think that this also kind of fell out of practice is, I think if you look at the family structure, the those societies that have pretty strong nuclear family structures also tend to do a pretty a better job i feel like of take caring for the elderly also because they would represent a smaller percentage of the household on average mm-hmm. right um good example you know you might be one of 10 children, but if you have 10 children, you're you're not quite elderly by the time your 10th child is born either. Um, or by the, maybe by the time they're an adult. But that's still 10 people whose only grandparent or whose only elderly parents to take care of are you and your spouse. So you would only need one-fifths of their maximum income or whatever resource generation they take to support yourself Mm -hmm. if you got it equally which don't get me wrong i'm also pretty sure there's a lot of dice rolling that goes on when you have like a bunch of kids like one of you's gonna make it like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like at least one of you's gonna drag the rest of the family up um and so i think that helps um intergenerational homes you kind of see being a place where those things, and as an elderly person, you're still more useful in that role. Um, for example, one of the things that the elderly in a lot of those kinds of societies tend to do and be good at is caring for children because mm-hmm. a, they have a lot of experience doing so it's not hard. Right. And they oftentimes have nothing better to do anyway. Sure. And they enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that does yield a benefit to the society of children getting like, that's, in, in, especially in like societies without schools you have a person who's had a lot of experience who's wise they're telling you about things you're not having to learn you're able to learn the same things that your parents are having to figure out right now before they go through it right you're learning from someone who's already gone through not just childhood or adolescence but also adulthood and learned lessons along the way for all of those so they're able to teach those things to their grandkids the way that they weren't able to teach them to their own kids because they were in it when they had their kids and were raising their kids. They were yes. adults. so And they didn't have the wisdom. Right. Uh, or maybe the time. Or the time, yeah. So you get this weird kind of leapfrogging of knowledge that happens where every other generation is going to pick up lessons learned from the previous other half generation. Because by the time the the grandparents in this case are gone, now the grandparents, the the new grandparents, their children are teaching their grandkids. Yes. So this is weird, almost dual threads going on, hopping down Mm -hmm. the line, Um, which all kind of comes out in the wash anyway, when you also remember that people teach each other things too that are the same age. Um, so it's like as a precursor to what school could provide as far as education is concerned, elderly folks are a good way to get that information directly. Ye old homeschool. Yeah. Ye old homeschool. Um, so not, not a bad gig, but I think that would also 
lead to societies in which the elderly end up being cared for more. But one of the key things that you have to have in this case is a society that is constantly procreating at a very quick rate and high childhood survival rates. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're having 10 kids, but like think about it like this, if every kid you have consumes some resources then dies, you're not really getting any return. And so now you have a generation of people that dumped a bunch of resources into a bunch of things that didn't pan out in addition to only having a few survivors, mm-hmm. which are also doing the same thing, it makes it a lot harder to care for the el- the elderly. So in a weird way, reducing infant mortality is a way to ensure that the elderly get cared for better. Not b- Because yes, while those kids are also consuming resources, they also require care. Um, and you're kind of... It's kind of like taking a loan out that you never have to pay off, you know? Um that's having a loan taken out against it to pay it off by the next generation. As long as each generation has more kids than two, as long as your replacement birth rate is higher, preferably probably double, maybe um, it's a lot more doable to care mm-hmm. for the elderly. Um, but the abandonment that I think a lot of people would talk about these days of the elderly are putting them in systematic care. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, our society in the West was that kind of society. You you did see more intergenerational homes or people living in the same local area that would still care for their parents in some ways, right? Um, and even to this day, it's still kind of an assumed thing. Um, you know, I think that every adult who has parents that are still alive um, and are maybe getting into their fifties or sixties, it starts to cross your mind, you know, are we going to take care of them in about 10 years? Like, am am I going to need to do that? Because it's seen as your responsibility in our society, even to this day, that when your parents get to the point where they can no longer care for themselves, it's now your responsibility to care for them which usually happens around the time you have kids or your kids are getting older. Uh, it kind of depends mm-hmm. on how, you know, what the generational oh, yeah, gaps look like. Yeah, obviously generational gaps are not very consistent, yeah. Right? Like, good point, because, like, if, you're, if, if everyone in a family tree is having kids right when they're in their 20s to 25s, well, you're talking... Their parents that, are still going to... By the time you have kids, your parents are going to be, like, at the climax of their career. So they're going to have money and be able to take care of themselves for another little while. Right. But yeah, but if people aren't having kids till they're like in their late 30s or early 40s, yeah. It starts to overlap a bit where you're having to take care of both your kids and your and your parents at the same time. And your kids are going to be the same way. Um, so yeah, I think there's some complications that go on there. But it's something that you think about, you know. Um, I'm in an interest. I, I know people in interesting situations, somewhat similar to mine, where one of my parents is sig- not significantly older, but not nominally older than my other parent. And so it's weird to think that like one of my parents is going to be at that point in time way sooner than the other is mm-hmm. that we're already like my siblings and I have already talked about it. You know, what are we going to do about, you know, that parent? Are we going to need to, because it, it gets complicated because their spouse is still alive and it really should be their spouse's choice. But they have a selfish motivation here where it's almost like as a, as their child, you have a separation. Mm-hmm. You're close enough to them to care and be entrusted with 
to make a good decision for them, but you're not so close that you're going to make a selfish decision. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but we have institutions that are created now to care for the elderly. Care, in quotes, because some people don't see it as that. I mean, how many people do you know? It, it is an insult. Like, if I were to call up my parents and tell them, you know what? I can't wait to put you in a home. That's an insult. That's a pretty harsh insult. Yeah, that would be devastating news. Yeah. Yeah. But why? I, I'm going to ensure you're cared for by someone else other than me. Right. Hangs up phone angrily. Now, the obvious implication is that I'm going to put you in a bad one of these places. Yeah, but even if it's a good one... It's not great. It's not considered great, yeah, because they would either rather you be doing it yourself, or then there's also the the typical condition, which is that even, even if the actual care at the home is not particularly bad uh families tend to feel like they don't need to visit them very often yep and so it's just like cool now i live in this home full of strangers to me yep because nobody else will take care of me Mm -hmm. yep yep well and i kind of get that too having had family members who are put in homes they're not fun places no they're depressing yes no one wants to go there because it's a constant reminder of your own mortality right yeah yeah, go to a place that's full of old people who have also been abandoned by their families. Um, <laughs> well, not totally abandoned, obviously, because somebody's paying the bills, but, you know. Right. Socially abandoned, anyway. Mm-hmm. How might we improve the situation with old people? That's a good question. I know what some people would say. Have them move on in. Right. Let's go back to the way we did things before. It was better, right? I think that's a, the more common i won't say it's the the easy solution yeah yeah that's a more conservative take and arguably a religious one because there are a lot of religious institutions that kind of have this idea as well Mm. um and that is a way to do it but being someone who might be in those shoes here before too long i don't want to (laughs) that's honestly i don't like i grew up with you i i became independent i I am not prepared, nor will I ever, I think, be equipped or prepared to discipline my parents. Yeah. And I shouldn't have to be, I don't think. Well, ideally, yeah, you wouldn't. But that's what entails. Yeah. You know, um, as weird as it sounds, you know, good example. Say, say you live in a four-bedroom house, you know, you have... You and your spouse's bedroom, one for the kids, your office, and then a workout room. Well, mom and dad got to move in. First of all, who's mom and dad? Right, because there's two of you. Now, typically, from what I understand, it's usually the mother's parents, Mm -hmm. although not always. Um, But let's just assume it's one of yours to make it easy and not both sets of grandparents, which greatly complicates things. All right, so we're going to take the workout room and move it into the office. And now you have an office workout space. Mom and dad move in, okay? Things you used to be able to just do, you can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. So say you're the kind of person who likes to come in and watch TV. Is it okay for you to walk in, take the remote away from your dad and change the channel to whatever you want to watch? Right, and do like the... uh my house my rules well or like the car radio rules that the driver gets to decide Mm -hmm. what's playing yeah yeah all those lessons like well when you pay the bills you can well guess what dad 
I'm paying the I'm bill. I'm paying the and bills. You're gonna get over it. <laughs> but that is not, and, and not to mention, think about it from being the elderly person's perspective. It doesn't. Mm, it doesn't feel right. It's like I. I got to come up with different justifications to get different your way. Justifications to get your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's, okay. We're gonna take a quick break from that because I think we need to talk about this. What. What aging is like. So some people have argued that there is a true circle of life. You start out as a helpless, diaper-wearing ignoramus. Mm -hmm. And then you die a diaper-wearing, helpless ignoramus. Yes. Um, Not always, but it do kind of be like that. So, and now it isn't even. You do not reach your physical peak in your 40s. (laughs) Right. No, that happens way earlier. Um nor do you reach the peak of your wisdom, but you hit that sweet spot of you're spry enough and have enough vitality. Like a good example, uh, there's this model, I forget what it's called, that economists look at about the age of people in societies. There's this band of workers in their 40s to 50s that's like the prime band. Like these are the people whose efforts yield the most value because they have... Yeah, they have the highest mix of energy and wealth. Yeah. Right. Because the idea is that you can, the amount of value you can generate per unit of time peaks around this time because Mm -hmm. the amount of value per unit time is driven primarily by wisdom. Okay. So you still have to actually clock the hours. You have to have enough vitality to clock an eight hour day and work. Right. But you can also justify a higher wage. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but the... But, but but the ability to do so is not just because you're old. It's because you're also bringing a lot more value to the table. You're yes. generating something worth paying you for that amount. Yes. Um, so it's around your 40s to 50s. And then it peels off after that pretty quickly. Right. When you get tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so most people that are alive are in the, the lower third of this band. You know, um, you have endless vitality effectively. You can just do stuff all day, but the things you do aren't going to be very effective. You then peak up to this point where you get tired a little sooner, but man, you're still able to accomplish way more than you used to in the same amount of time. And people look towards you with respect. And you, you kind of, your whole life, you've been working up this ladder of respect and being able to be making decisions and be trusted, more autonomy, more autonomy. And then it turns all of a sudden where now you can't do the same things that earned you that respect before that you just can't. And that I think is what's terrifying to most people is getting to the point where you just can't do it like you used to. And, and you never will again. And you never will again. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not like you got hurt. And you got to go down for, you know, a few weeks or even a few months, but you'll be back to it. It's like, you're just not coming back though. Right. That's the terrifying thing is that I'm never going to recover from this. And maybe a twist of the knife in a way. A lot of people think that, oh yeah, but you still have all this wisdom, right? And you do. But you're not having to look to the guy five years younger than you. To, to take you over. It's the fact that all of your wisdom and experiences, if you were, if, if the society's functioning the way it's supposed to, has been condensed into a high in tech, to, into a high density feed and fed to the youngest members of society mm-hmm. who have learned all of, the, they just have to read a book 
about what you did and they they now know it they don't need to go through the 30 40 years of tribulation that you went to to discover something or figure something out right you know is it just part of the manual now yeah a good example you know everyone makes that joke about edison taking a thousand tries to figure out how to make a light bulb i'm not sure that's accurate at all but cool but now i can just go look up how to make a light bulb and make one yeah i don't have to waste all this time finding the 999 ways not to make a light bulb thanks yeah and now i'm going to make one minor improvement to the light bulb and now i'm better than you like at way younger um terrifying to think about um And I feel like there's there's kind of a trope that goes along with that. A lot of people who are elderly do not want to give that up. They don't want to give up the, you know, the prestige that they've earned throughout their life just because they're no longer able to do the things they once were. Um, and I do think that's where a lot of the social institutions came from of, oh, you got to respect your elders and stuff like that. Like, I feel like at one point there was an old guy who was getting talked up by a younger guy or whatever and he he still was able to overcome him with his wisdom and he was like oh i need to like capitalize on this because this was a fluke um yeah old people you know we know a lot you got to respect us still you know and it's like okay i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah so take that whole process and throw that into your house you know, I don't know about you, but I feel like my dad is my dad would not be the kind of guy who would be like, oh, yeah, you know, you're paying the bills. Yeah, you can watch whatever you want on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I just do not see that happening. It's like, no, 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 no. When you get to be my age, you know, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to be going to bed soon. You know, hey, you know, like I paid my dues. Time for me to cash out. You know what I mean? Like I've done a lot of good for society. My turn to receive. Mm-hmm. even though they've been receiving since the time they were 40 mm-hmm. and i don't know like why do, yeah this this this, <laughs> this leans on a lot of things this really starts to rub against a lot of things <laughs> you know like institutions like social security or a yeah. thing like that for this like there's this idea that we should have a, essentially a government operated pension program right um for the elderly so that even when they are old they will still have income and access to resources right right so they don't need to be cared for by you i think that's i don't think that the government way of doing it but but i would say that i I would want to make sure that my dad has a retirement plan like you you still need you need to save up money while working and put them into investments that are going to continue to pay pay your way through life. Like if you really think that you benefited society, you should have invested some of that instead of just your time. Right. Like, like actually contribute to society by investing in companies that make society better. Yeah. Exactly. Even though your efforts were valuable and benefited society, you were already paid for those though. That's what your salary was. Right. And it's up to you to decide how you want to how you want to use that. And yeah, and yeah, and if you want to spend your salary just on yourself, well, then you got your reward already. Yeah, you've already been rewarded. Justice has been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so in my mind, the way I would prefer it be handled is, okay, if you you need to take some of that reward and figure out a way to... Make it keep on rewarding. Make it keep on rewarding. Yeah, that's the ideal plan. And unfortunately, you know, the... the the question that always comes about is like, well, what happens when people don't do that? 
you know. Oh, and, and I've heard this all the time, arguing with people who argue for social programs. You know, it's like, yeah, well, what happens when you were never able to put money back? Like, say you had to work a minimum wage job your whole life. And I'm like, well, how much do they really benefit society anyway? <laughs> Honestly, like, there's a point where I can yeah. get real cold and calloused about it, where it's like, well, to the home. Go to the home. It's still better than us letting you die, I guess. Right. But it is not your children's responsibility to keep you out of the home. It's yours. The home is there so that you don't starve to death. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody wants you to starve to death. Um, but we also don't need you living in a... You're not entitled but, to... But, you, but you yeah, know. you don't get to pull the... All these years I've contributed to society card when the job you did for your whole life, you only got paid that much because they legally were not allowed to pay you less. Right. Um, <laughs> Well, and don't get me wrong, you still have a lot of, you still had a lot of other advantages. Good example. One of the things, this used to not be a problem. You used to be able to work for minimum wage your entire life and still have a retirement. Mm -hmm. By the nature that you bought the house that you lived in. Yes. You paid it off. There was a point in time that came around where it's like, you did put money back, just not the way you think you did. You didn't put right, it in a retirement yeah. fund. You put yeah, it in you may not asset. have a retirement fund, but you don't have a mortgage payment. So there's that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even a car payment, depending on how long the car lasts. But still, right. yeah, no new cars for you, no new houses for you probably anymore. But yeah. Or if you have to, sell the house and downsize and mm -hmm. take the extra money for whatever else you need. Yep. Which is a common thing that people do when they retire. It is a common strategy to, you know, you're looking at retiring. And it's like, mm, well, I'd really like to retire. And you typically when people look towards retirement, you go talk to an accountant about it. And they asked you, like, okay, what is your current life expenses? Uh, and you list them all out, and they go, okay, well, you cannot maintain this. You need to cut some right. things. This is too expensive. Yeah. So they cut back a little bit, and they go, okay, and then what you're going to do is you're going to sell your house. Because not only have you put a bunch of value into this home, but usually speaking, it's been kind of a shelter against inflation. This home is actually worth a lot more now than it was, or maybe the land In it's terms on. of dollars, anyway. In yeah. terms of dollars now, yeah. So we're going to take that out. We're going to put it into an, an investment account or something something really safe. And it's going to pay so much a year. And it's going to be broken into monthly payments. And you're going to get a monthly check. And that's just what you get to spend. Um, it'll be enough to maintain your health insurance, to shield you from any like big events in life. But you will never have more in your bank account. You'll never receive more in payment than this per month for the rest of your life. Which, hear me out. What used to be is, okay, you retired at 62. The life expectancy was like in the mid-70s. You don't really need to worry about inflation. You're not going to be around long enough for it to be a big deal most of the time. But now, medical tech is getting pretty good. And so is the retirement age has gone up, I think, as a result. Yeah, because you can't take your same retirement account that you had before and live until you're 90. Mm-hmm. Not without making even more extreme changes. Right. Further downsizing, et cetera, et cetera. So, in my mind, the ideal circumstance is you pay for your own retirement, you know, um, and maybe get some help from your kids in the form of maybe finances. I, I would be more than okay. Good example. I would be okay buying my parents' house from them mm -hmm. and making monthly payments, like... Getting a good deal from, like, 
this is also assuming that they were going to leave it. Because remember, you know, when you die, your assets don't just evaporate. You know, like you can choose who they go to. Um, so how about instead of waiting till you die for me to get your house, let me buy it from you for a discount, and then I'll give you so much a month for it. Mm-hmm. Because that then I'm benefiting from it. It's a smart move for me to make, and I'm helping my parents. So there is a middle ground where I won't take the price that I really want. I'll take a little bit of a higher price because I care about you guys, and you're also not going to argue for what you could maybe get because you want to get a for sure deal. You know, you don't want somebody who's bought your house and trying to evict you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- something like that works. Um, and this whole thing is sidestepping what happens when your parents become mentally infirm and incapable. You know, that's another thing that I feel like is more prominent than it used to be. Again, one of the side effects of living longer, but not necessarily having a better quality of life. You know, just because, because medical technology can keep you alive, but it can't keep your mind from failing you usually it yeah maybe it could but not yet it it can in principle but yeah there's not quite as much advancement there yet yeah um because i think that's honestly the hardest situation is what happens when you know like like as far as fate's worse than death and a lot of people talk about alzheimer's pretty bad yeah most people if they knew they were going to have Alzheimer's, it was going to go full swing on there at a certain age, they would ask to be euthanized before then. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, no one likes imagining themselves being in that situation. Dementia as well. Dementia. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Dementia is a weird word. What? Okay. Ignorant moment for me. What actually is dementia? Because every time I've had someone describe dementia to me, I'm like, how is this not just like Alzheimer's? <laughs> like... It sounds like early onset Alzheimer's to me. And I know that there can be they're somewhat related, maybe. I don't I don't know. You need an intern. Okay, so dementia is a symptom of Alzheimer's. Okay. Um according to the American Heritage Dictionary, dementia is the loss of cognitive abilities, including memory, concentration, communication, planning, and abstract thinking, resulting from brain injury or from a disease such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. Okay. So just being less lucid then. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when those things start to happen, it gets worse. Because these are the kind of people that, even if they do have all their finances planned out, probably cannot be trusted to live alone. At least, you know, depending on how much you care about their safety. Um, and that, that gets tough, you know, um, there really isn't a good, I think everyone's ideal situation for accepting their own mortality would be that you die in your sleep at some point in the ripe old age of whatever. Right. Everyone likes that idea. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it coming and you live a normal, healthy, good life up to that moment. And then it just. Yeah, you just go to sleep one night and don't wake up. Yep. Yeah. Lights out. Every you know, no one has to, to care for you. But yeah, man, no suffering. Really but happens. very few people die that way. Yeah, not not all of us are lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the actual statistics are, but I would be willing to bet it's a gross illness of some kind, like a painful suffering death in the form of like some illness. Or yeah, most people die suffering in the hospital. Yeah, like that's the thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awful. Think about. Um, and even thinking about that makes you feel bad and want to care for the elderly while they have they aren't there yet, to be mm-hmm. honest. And and I don't know. Like I, I don't think that the elderly deserve to suffer necessarily. And I do think to some degree, I do understand the social value of the elderly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what ends up happening is that we all have an elderly person at least. And more appropriately... We all see ourselves being elderly at some that's, point. That's the thing is, yeah, you, it is in your self-interest actually to foster a society that cares for the elderly because that's you one day. Yeah. Right. Unless something terrible happens to you, but you hope that doesn't happen either. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, again, not knowing the statistics, but just by talking to people, it is not the 20 somethings and the teens that are like, oh, we should put up good social safety nets for the elderly. A lot of them have a bit more of a screw you attitude towards the elderly, like yep. you old man way of thinking. You're so backwards. Give them ten right, you're years. You're holding me back. I can't wait till you're dead. Yeah, yeah. I haven't quite gotten over my parental issues yet. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, give them about ten years, and all of a sudden they're gonna be like, wait, the mortality hits them. That's gonna be me. Yeah, yeah. The first time you go to lift a heavy object and throw your back out, it's like I'm dying. Like <laughs> it's all downhill oh God, from here. I'm going know. to die. I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm not invincible. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think a program to care for the elderly would be great. I'll be more than happy for people a little bit older than me to pay the taxes for that. Yeah. I, I get it. It's it's Even if it's selfish, I, I get it. Like, I remember confronting my own mortality and being like, okay, yep. I'm looking out for me on this one. <laughs> a vote for them is a vote for me. Just not yet. Um. Yeah, friendly reminder here on Philosophers that future you doesn't exist. Correct. It's there just is only you. you. Yeah, it will be you. Will be. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I do think that there are, because this is the other thing too, I think that the attitude towards being elderly has changed a bit as well. Um, Back when most people had to do backbreaking labor, being elderly meant being useless and mm-hmm. compared to the skills that you typically would pick up. But as more and more people do not do things that are require physical strength and stamina, you know, there are folks that are still, wor- that, you know, let's take, you know, anybody who works in an office. I mean, yep, any office job, uh, people who work machinery. Operate machinery, where, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people who operate machinery, where you can sit down, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any of those jobs work. Yeah, you you then start to care more about your mental acuity, mm-hmm. which is a thing that we've... It, seeing what happens to people because of dementia and Alzheimer's, we, we want that to go away because, again, I think most people can accept death, but what they don't want to accept is the painful writhing death. You know, right? Death isn't so bad. It's dying that's that sucks. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where we're like, all right, I'm just going to I'm going I'm to set an age, and then at that point, I'm going to have a euthanasia party, and I'm just going <laughs> to see my way out uh, before it gets too bad and seize my destiny. Right. But the thing is that when that time comes, you won't be ready for it. Maybe not. I I, I think that there could the only be people a who are ready like for that. it are the people who are already suffering. 
as the thing. Yeah, I. It depends. And even then, you'd be surprised how long a suffering person will hold on. Um. I really think it depends. I think that the, I think that that's cultural, though. I don't know that that's instinctual. I think it is instinctual. You think so? Because I I I think that the. So I've I've been told by a family member, and I and I know people who have had similar experiences, like, hey, if anything ever happens to me, and I end up, you know, brain dead in the hospital, or maybe not brain, maybe brain dead isn't the right term, but you know, in a coma or whatever, in a coma, and maybe or or you know, just with some terrible terminal condition, I'm never going to get better from. It, I'm just going to suffer. Just tell them to pull the life support, right? Like I want to die, like. And, and, and also, even if I'm awake to tell you not to, I want you to do it anyway. Right. But then the time comes and they are awake to tell you not to do it. And they tell you don't do it. Yeah, that's tough. And people will hold on like that for years. <sighs> suffering, knowing that it will never get better, knowing that it will only get worse. Um, and I've, I've heard some, some terrible stories that I won't bother repeating yeah, sure. on here, um, of, you know, people burdening their family for a long time just so that they can exist in a corner of their house, struggling to breathe, mm. you know, it's, it's rough. And, and this was the same person who said, don't ever let this happen to me. Yeah. I don't know. you Everybody is cool and collected about death until they are actually faced with it. True. I don't know. This is where I think, that, but this is where I think the cultural part of it comes in because, I, and again, this is all hypothetical, right? You'd have to go live through it, but I think that there is a part of, and this again, cultural, right? This is one of those things that it really depends on the person. I I do feel like at some point you have to accept that it is your responsibility to pull that plug if you're asked to. And as it was put to me, you know, again, old hat way of saying it, be a man about it. You deal with it, but pull that plug. And mm -hmm. you go to the funeral, figure your emotions out afterwards and move on. You know, that I think that that could be a thing. Like, I think that that's something that could become a cultural factor where it is just seen as a responsibility to listen to the lucid mind, not the one, you know, fearing death. Um, again, I don't know. It, it makes for a lot better story to tell. Well, depending on your perception and where you are in the story, if you, if you, if you, if you are sympathizing with the person making the choice, you might like nod and go, yeah, I should have just pulled the plug. But if you're the person cowering in the corner, clinging to life, you might be terrified to hear that story, you know? Um, I don't know. Cause yeah, I, I'm definitely the kind of person that looks at it and is like, Oh, if I were, you know, if, if I were on a breathing tube the rest of my life and every breath was going to be, sh you know, shooting pain, I, I'd want it over. Because what kind of life is that? 
Yeah. Right. It's and not a life worth living to me. Yeah. Not to me either. But at the same time, I can also see myself being in the situation being like, nope, not yet. Not yet. You know, like maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll get better. Because, or, because you start, you don't think, you're, you don't think rationally in that state either. No, you, you're not supposed to. I mean, what kind of species would survive if they'd had a give up reflex? Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's my time. Yeah. Because all it takes is, you know, one in a Except thousand for ants, tries. because ants do that apparently. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I smell like death. Get, but guess I better go to the graveyard. Yeah, literally, guess I'll die. Um, I guess I'll die. <laughs> we should be more like ants. Um, not really, but they're, they're pretty communist. Um, <laughs> And monarchist at the same time. They are communist and... Well, that is how communism be, though. Um. <laughs> Not more real communism. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I think the ideal solution is you remove that from the equation. You remove the dying mm-hmm. if you can. Um, we've talked about this before. I think CGP Grey, you know, our good old friend who doesn't know who we are uh, on that we have a parasocial relationship with on YouTube. Um, it's been going on for about five years now. You know, we're going strong. Um, uh, you know, his, his parable of the, the dragon video, I forget the name of yes. it. Um, uh, the, oh goodness. The tale of the dragon tyrant, something like that. I don't know if it was tale, but it doesn't matter. You can find sure. it. You can find it. Yeah. Um, which is, it's really good not to spoil it, but it, it's an analogy for death and how, and, and it it's really, a, it's especially an analogy for how the memes that society has come up with to accept death right. when death is unacceptable should be unacceptable. Yes. Yeah. Death should be unacceptable. We've come up with all these ways to tell ourselves that it's okay because for the longest time it was inevitable. It, yeah. There was nothing we could do about it, but now we're finally at a time where we actually could do something about it but these memes are now holding us back where it's like, who are we to play God and decide to live as long as we can? But why shouldn't we though? Exactly. Because I, if we've talked about this whole scenario before, like I think that a world in which death is just something that happens to you. Right. And you usually don't see it coming. It's usually an accident it was an unforeseen consequence that is somehow easier to accept than well they lived a good life right because guess what that works no matter how old the person was i've been to funerals for people in their 30s where the phrase they lived a good life was said too soon gone was also said but a good life they lived was also said Mm, debatable but we're not here to debate at a funeral it's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's the it's the lack of the quality of life and the dying that sucks. And so if you can keep if you have to keep death, at least get rid of the dying, I guess. Right. Um, and that would be I think, the I think everyone situation. would be more okay with dying in sudden accidents, right? Yeah, you didn't see it coming. And because there truly is nothing you can do about those, right? Right. I mean, without also just making your life not worth living. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it just gives a good dignified... It, it seemed, it's more dignified, too, I think. Most people would agree. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, they died doing what they loved. Breathing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Man, I love breathing. Um, <sighs> and now we're all manually breathing. Thank you. 
and try to forget that I'm doing this on purpose now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Until then, though, I think that it is inevitable that the elderly will continue to receive care. Um, maybe more than they deserve, but because they can vote for it. And there's a size also people who realize they're going to be old can vote for it. Exactly. They will always make up a larger block than the very few people that who think they'll never be old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've had I've actually heard someone say like, oh, we should cut off the voting age at some point. We should put a maximum on it. <laughs> okay, yeah. tell me that when you're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if somehow you were able to get that passed, what how, you know how young you'd have to make it for it to actually matter? Right. Like you're talking in like the 40s, right? maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the upper 30s. It's like okay, um, yeah, for people to stop voting in the in the interest of old people. Yeah, right. Because in most of those societies we talked about in which the elderly were not cared for, it was out of dire need or they were ruled by the young. Back when I have the biggest stick and I swing the hardest and I'm also 22 years old because I'm still in peak physical condition, but I've been around a little bit longer than the 18-year-olds who would like to take me take my place by hitting me with their sticks. You know, when that person's in charge, it, yeah, it's pretty easy to look at the elderly and say, yeah, well... No, that's you problem. Right. And I'll be dead before I ever get there anyway, because that's how I'm going. My rule is going to end. Someone slightly younger than me with is just going a to kill stick. me with a bigger stick. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not going to die of old age anyway. So not my problem. Not my problem. Yep. <laughs> my elderly can starve. My soldiers need food like mentality. But yeah, I, uh, I think that I still do hold a lot of respect for old people, like practically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get to that point in life where you look at the old person that's no longer. There are sure the archetypes of the elderly, the the get up, man, and on types that you don't, you know, that they're annoying and crotchety and bitter yeah. and bitter, yeah. Um, but there are plenty of old people like, and this is one thing that's very weird. So you reach this point in life where you realize age of friends is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a, that's a weird thing that I think comes from having been in public school for a lot of my life is that, oh, well, my friends need to be within about, you know, one year plus or minus. On right. But that's actually stupid. That's really stupid. Yeah. There's a lot of way better friends to be had that are older than you or younger than you or younger cases. By the time you get old enough, where right. people younger than you are worth talking to. <laughs> right. Like, you and I have a mutual friend who is, like, the age of our parents. Mm-hmm. Which is not that weird. It's weird to think about, you know, because it's like, oh, you grew up in a... You remind me of my parents, in a way, because you grew because, up at the same time. Yeah. You might have gone to the same school together, yeah. Maybe. But, but <laughs> however, the, the difference is, is that... But you're not my parent, and you don't treat me like a parent. We're just... We're all adults. We're here. just adults who enjoy co- each other's company. Yeah, exactly. Which thank goodness for that, because it is hard to make friends when you get older mm-hmm. and people your age are all over the place. I mean, I feel like as an older person, elderly things are interesting to me. Um, I had a relative that was quite advanced in their years for where you know, how they fit in the family tree. We'll leave it at that. Uh, they're much older than you would have expected an uncle to be, for example. Um, but uh, I distinctly remember talking to him growing up, and he was in his late 60s, retired. Um, but his kids were, like, graduating college. 
and they weren't like behind they were ahead you know mm-hmm. um he was a widower and uh i distinctly remember you know talking to him and was like yeah i'm going down to the the old folks dancing club or something like that like the, amazing yeah they they create the you know there are things for them to do it's not like yeah. they live a boring life where it's like oh well i can't go you know to the baseball game of course they can they have money they have time they have nothing but time you know right why not go to the baseball game why yeah. not i can go sit at the baseball park all day it's actually you know really cheap to drink that way apparently you know like <laughs> you know um he he absolutely lived it up um until he died of colon cancer but still you know like you know, lived it up while i could um and yeah he had friends that were like his kids age that he went to college that they their friend they were his kids friends first that they went to college with that they ended up hanging out with him more mainly just because they all had similar schedules mm-hmm. totally fine and normal um and uh so i i definitely think that d there's some appropriate stigmas like for example if you know if you're 14 and your best friend is in their 80s that's a little strange that's a bit weird yeah it's a bit weird but it's not because they're old it's because you're young that's what makes it weird i think we we normally look at the we don't like to blame the youth for things for some reason even though they do cause a lot of problems um but we don't expect them to know any better right right um but by the time you're an adult it's like oh no it's not weird anymore because guess what it was never weird because of them it was weird because the other person was so young you know i think the destigmatization of that helps um and again, just as hobbies and activities become less and less physically demanding, the more they can be participated in by people of all different kinds of ages. And then if we can just fix the death problem, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't just become normal to be like, oh yeah, well I have a friend, he's 205, but you know, yeah. he's pretty cool. Boomer. Uh, but yeah, Boomer. <laughs> yeah we're still going to be using that word. You we're know? still going to be using that word. People are going to forget what that word means Yeah, and just use it. Yeah, there's, there's going to be someone in about 100 years going to be like, yeah, they call them boomers because they have passed the crest of life, but they're still going and they're coming back. You know, it's like, no, that's not that at is all not where it that comes from. At all. Yeah. Fun stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just not wanting to think about being elderly too much because I can already, I can smell it in the distance. <laughs> I can smell the old. I can. It does have a smell, doesn't it? it? Well, a little bit kind of kind of philosophers philosophers if you like the music in this episode please check out jippy on bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com philosophers is supported by viewers like you if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description or in the comments below Thank you for listening.